Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're discussing, is financial independence a good goal to have? All right, Matt, before we completely jump into it, word association, when you hear the word independence, what do you think of first? Uh, Fourth of America. Okay. Yep. Uh, some people call it that. Others call it Fourth of July. <laughs> Wait, what did I just say? Fourth of America. <laughs> I, yeah. That's just where my mind went, man. I'm sorry. I, I think I was thinking that, and I was also thinking about like in, like independent music. Like I was thinking like indie Americana, uh, something like that. Yeah, Americana. Okay. Maybe that was it. Uh, yeah, something about. Now, now we're going way down this word association path. <laughs> Tears for fears. Uh, a horse with no name for uh, four hundred, please. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know where this is gone. I always, I'll tell you where I go when I think I hear the word independence, and oh. I want to, I want to know if like we jive on this. All right. I think Will Smith. Independence Day. All yes. right. Yeah. Nice. So if if any of you people listeners out there are our age, <laughs> Will Smith, Independence Day. That kind of, I mean, that is my yeah. rock center, the bedrock of independence in my in my imagination. <laughs> right. I mean, kicking some alien butt they, and and saving the world from potential destruction doesn't he actually say that in the movie at some point oh he's yeah i'm yeah. sure it's been a long time so <laughs> why did you even bring that up well i'm just saying we're I'm, wait, talk- I'm waiting for the tie-in today we're talking about financial independence oh gotcha, gotcha. and so because of that i'm like okay well what <laughs> word comes to my mind when i when i'm talking about independence and i just kind of want to give people you, 
you know, like, hey, we, when we're talking about financial independence here, think about, I don't know, kicking alien butt maybe yeah. and saving save your own personal <laughs> world, maybe. You totally saw that in the movie theater when it came out, right? Oh, please, yeah. Please tell me you did. Yeah, that was a, I mean, that was the huge blockbuster of the summer. That and uh, Hook. Those were big, big in the theaters <laughs> when I was a kid. I, I do remember Hook. That, that was a long time ago. But Independence Day, I specifically remember g- going to that with my cousin. It's kind of a long story. I'm not going to go into it. But yeah, he was in town and me and him went. I think it was maybe one of the first movies I went to without like a parent. Yeah. Whoa. Independence Day, man. It was awesome. Loved it. Hey, I think I loved it even more because of that. So Worst movie I ever saw with my parents was Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess why. <laughs> Obvious reasons. <laughs> Fortunately for me, the movie theater was so full, we had to sit in different sections of the, movie, of the, of the theater. So, yeah. All right. That's enough thank about God, movies. Oh, thank goodness I'm not sitting next to my mom yeah, exactly. or my dad. Exactly. Uh, so, quick. On the, also, on the topic of financial independence. Yeah, financial I, independence, man. I wanted to mention something that kind of came up... Um, just a couple of weeks ago that I saw an article on and I thought it fit in perfectly a running back for the New York Giants. So football's right around the corner. This article came out about uh, running back Saquon Barkley and he said he plans to save his entire contract earnings and live solely off of endorsements. Um, and he's this 21 year old kid who just got signed to, I believe a $31 million deal. And I love that he's already kind of thinking ahead, right? Like he's going to save all $31 million of that for the future because he knows that his NFL career could last a year, two years. One tackle. Yeah, one tackle. (laughs) You really don't know. So I love that he's thinking ahead. That's Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I wonder... I wonder how much that has to do with sort of him challenging himself to score those endorsement deals or if he's just sort of or if he had some good financial training, you know, maybe yeah. whether it be through school or because I know some there's certain states now that require financial education when it comes to graduating high school. Not many at all, but we need to talk about that at some point on the show, because, yeah, I, I would love to see financial education, oh, yeah. financial literacy in schools considered to be much yes. more important. So yes, absolutely. The one thing Saquon Barkley said that I got to tell Saquon. him, he's got to listen to one, a couple of our episodes about whether you need a financial <laughs> advisor. He says, I don't want to touch that salary. I'm going to invest it, put it in the right people's hands, learn as I continue to make investments and live off endorsement deals. And I think that's a cool mindset. But Dude, don't put it in other people's hands. There's also a lot of people that get ripped off and their money yeah. stolen from them. Yeah. And especially NFL players, they attract, you know, those those blood sucking uh, types <laughs> that like literally, man. I mean, it just it happens. Yeah. And so Saquon, watch out, man. Watch your back because you, you don't need a financial <laughs> advisor. Go listen to that episode. Yeah. If any of you out there know Saquon, pass the word along. <laughs> you keep saying NFL, man. What is NFL? National Football League. H- how do you NFL? How does one NFL, Joel? I don't know. It's different than Fourth of America. <laughs> <laughs> I just watch soccer these days. You know that. I know. I know. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, a lot of people in America watch it. So I figured it was worth talking about. It's interesting. So speaking of abbreviations, NFL, uh, BTC, that's Bitcoin, right? Isn't that the, that's the abbreviation for Bitcoin? That's a good question. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I, I try not to follow cryptocurrency. I, I don't either, but, except yeah. that it forced its way into my life because I was on the Cash app recently. Yeah. And it's got this new option. And I was like, oh. what is BTC? And I clicked it and it was... Would you like to buy some Bitcoin? So yeah, on the topic of those uh, micro investing apps that we talked about recently, Cash App, man, they're kind of jumping in on that craze and you click over to it and you're in like this Bitcoin sub menu and there's buy and sell at the bottom. I could have bought some Bitcoin right there with with the $8 that uh, my buddy sent me. And I will say there was a warning there that popped up and it was a nice warning letting you know that, hey, you could lose all this money. It essentially said, I can't remember exactly what it said. Oh, I wish I would have taken a screenshot. Do you call it like speculation? Because I would hope it would. Yeah, but in more 
cash app friendly terms. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically like, hey, heads up, you might lose all this money. Yeah. Which I totally appreciate them doing because, yes, this is not FDIC insured if you switch your money over from cash app to Bitcoin holdings. And it also, you could click sell. And I went, when I went to click sell, it said, uh, one cannot sell what one does not have. <laughs> <laughs> so I pre- it was pretty funny. But at the same time, I find that very interesting that I almost accidentally bought some Bitcoin. I mean, I didn't, but good with two little clicks, dude, I could have. It's incredible. Yeah. Like we talked about in the micro investing apps episode, it's just getting so easy and it's, it's democratized to a point where, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of good, a lot of benefit, but then also, you know, there's the flip side of the Bitcoin as you, as you might say that people can buy something terrible and sell something quickly Mm -hmm. that they should be holding on to for the long term. So yeah, there's a lot to be nervous about too, kind of in this, where we're at with, with these investing apps. That's right, man. Oh, one more thing I wanted to share with you before we launch into financial independence. I know how much you love my hot tub. No, I theoretically <laughs> love your hot tub. It's never worked since you've owned it. So we're starting to break ground on our home renovation, which also means that we're one step closer to having that extra space for the Airbnb. So yes. we're, we're still a long ways from that. But just a little quick update for you folks out there. We will certainly be revisiting that soon. So you can look forward to that. Yeah. And if you want to go kind of hear our harebrained ideas about starting an Airbnb, that was one of our earliest oh, episodes. Early. Yeah. So Have check you that out. back and even listened to our episodes? No, I'd, I'd probably cringe too much. Oh my gosh. Me too. Just like cringing all day. It's, been a, it's been a steep learning curve, but I, I like it, man. Yeah. We're having fun. All right. Uh, today, uh, we are featuring a listener beer on the show. And uh, Mike from Minnesota sent us a few awesome beers. And by the way, we've... A few awesome, as in he sent us four of them. And and we cracked open two of them over the weekend because we were just hanging out. Two IPAs. And those were amazing. They were so good. Both of those were really tasty. And we figured we needed to try this one on the show from Wild Mind Artisan Ales. It's called Wind in the Willows. And it's an American wild ale. Yeah. So first of all, I just want to give a huge thanks to Mike. Mike in Minnesota... Dude, thank you so much. We really appreciate you listening. And especially, thank you for sending these beers in. And he listens intensely, I can tell, because he sent us literally our three favorite kinds of beers, right? Like a barrel-aged out, a wild ale, and then two amazing hazy IPAs. Oh, yeah. So, all right, let's crack this. And first, man, we've actually gotten a few messages about uh, beer donations. Folks have asked if they could send in some beers. Man, we would love that. If, If you've got some great breweries in your area, especially ones that don't distribute, so there's essentially zero chance of us getting our hands on that. We would love if you sent those in to us. Just send us a message and we could let you know how to send those in. Yeah, but only if you want to. No pressure. Yeah, we love all of our listeners equally. Nice pouring this, Joel. This looks great. Dude, this looks like a peach. It's like really fruit forward, uh, and mm-hmm. but also super tart and juicy at the same time. It's like... Yeah, just juicy and acidic. I, mean, it, I feel like the acidity level is, is really high, which I, I love. But this one, it, it, it feels good. It feels good on my tongue. It's like I'm licking a nine volt. You ever... <laughs> you ever <laughs> did you ever do that as a kid? You like put the nine volt to your tongue, and kind of feel it tingle? No, nah, man, I, I didn't get as crazy as you did. Oh man, you you haven't lived until you were <laughs> licking nine volts in the parking lot before you went in to see Independence Day in the movie theater. Well, I know what I'm doing post podcast <laughs> now. Right, this is a fantastic beer for the summer. A nice fruity American wild, so it's got those sort of wild, uh, you know, yeast and bacteria in there. Gives it a little bit of funk. This is great summer drinking. Yeah, that's so good. Seriously, Mike, thanks for sending that in, man. Yeah, dude, you rock. We love it. And while we're at it, man, let's just go ahead and say that we'll crack open the fourth one uh, next week. You want to do that? Yeah. What is it? Wait, stay tuned. You'll find (laughs) out next week. Sounds good. All right, Matt, on to the topic at hand is financial independence, a good goal to have. And really, you know, before we get into it, we kind of have to define it. And so I would say that financial independence is having enough assets where you don't 
have to actively work in order to pay your bills. And by the way, throughout this episode, we'll probably refer to financial independence as FI or FI, just because it shortens everything. FI, financial, financial independence. Financial independence. That's seven syllables. Yeah, man. It's too much. So let's like call it FI a bunch. Uh, that's kind of the common jargon that people use talking about financial independence. So we'll call it FI a lot. Yeah. And actually, I mean, before we even move further into it, that's something that's good to mention is just talking about how financial independence, like FI, it's sort of this new... Th- it's not new, right? Like people have had it and been doing it for hundreds of years. Yeah, like French kings. Yeah. <laughs> but lately, it's it's kind of been something that a lot of folks have been jumping on and is kind of gaining this momentum, is, is gaining steam. So there's, there's sort of like these different groups of folks that sort of adhere to the financial independence principles and are working really hard to achieve that. And they all kind of talk to each other. Sort of like this cult almost, but it's not... It's like a good cult. Yeah, but it's every, like the good kind. Everyone lives for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think too, uh, it, it, part of it has centered around a common way of being able to frame a topic. And so it used to be just kind of personal finance. And some people were kind of better at personal finance than other people. And now FI has kind of become a separate entity of personal finance. And there are people that kind of need help with some of the basics of personal finance. And Matt, you and I love talking about that. But we also love talking about financial independence and, and what that can bring to people. And that kind of shift in the approach has kind of led to this crop of people that yeah. are really actively engaging in a discussion about, you know, essentially personal finance on steroids. And uh, there are some great podcasts and some great blogs kind of surrounding the topic, kind of really honing in on the topic of financial independence. And so we kind of want to address it because it's something that is near and dear to our hearts, but it's also not kind of what we center this podcast around at the same time. Yeah. And in general, financial independence is a status, right? It's, it's when you get to a certain point in your life, like you said, when your assets are able to generate enough income for you to, to cover your expenses. And typically that means when you have enough either in your retirement portfolio or either in ownership in a business, or you have cash flow from real estate and the equity growth there, it's, it's a collection. It's, it's not just a certain thing where it's like, okay, your investment portfolio or, or only your retirement account has to be, be that. It's, it's a collection of all of your assets uh, all together that, that can generate that income for you. Sure. And we could get into the weeds on that, but we won't because we really want to tackle the overall topic. Is it a good goal to have and kind of give some explanations as to what FI is and then also kind of what the traditional view is. And so let's get into that real quick. Yeah, yeah. The traditional view of retirement really, uh, if we could crystallize it would be an old guy sitting on a front porch uh, in his rocker with a gold company watch. That's the kind of stage of life he's in. And he's someone who has quote unquote retired. But unfortunately, even retirees may not be financially independent. And there have been some recent articles um, showing that there was one in the New York Times just a couple of weeks ago about how retirees are declaring bankruptcy at an even faster rate about how senior citizens, their student loan debt is skyrocketing, uh, which is, it's just, that sounds crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It's Senior crazy. citizens and student loan. Yep. Just doesn't equate. <laughs> I know, right? I know. It, and so there, there, uh, there's this picture of retirement that is actually changing as well. And, and yeah. retirement is harder to achieve in this day and age. And it also looks different where people maybe quit their job. So they're retired, right? But, but they're not actually financially independent. Well, I think a huge part of that too, man, is pensions. I think a lot of that sort of early, what we'd call old school sort of mentality and outlook towards retirement has to do with pensions where a company would offer that as a benefit and you kind of pay into it and you have this benefit. And then when you are finished working, you get that payout, you get that regular payout. And essentially that replaces your income. 
It's like a forced method of savings where yes. you don't yeah. have to be the one acti- actively socking it away for the future. Exactly. And then you just have companies that are either doing away with that or they go belly up and the, the pensions just aren't there anymore. And I think that has a lot to do with it as, as well. And that has a lot to do with that sort of mentality of retirement. You know, you commit your your life, your body to a specific company, expecting them to take care of you when it's all said and done. And the world changes. Companies change. They're, they're not companies that were here aren't anymore. And I think that has contributed a lot towards, uh, like you said, senior citizens that unfortunately are bankrupt. Yeah. And the younger generation sees kind of the consumerism of their parents. And we'll get into consumerism a little more. I think it, it ties closely with financial independence. But we, we've seen that and we've seen also, you know, the way companies have started to kind of change their promises, really. And that started with the do, doing away of the pension and companies going bust, people jumping ship, the, the kind of social compact that was in order for our parents' generation no longer holds true for people of our generation. And so we expect that a company is not necessarily loyal to us. And so we assume that we can't be too terribly loyal to a company. Who knows whether you know we'll be there 10 years or two years uh, or six months even, right? Yeah. So that's definitely something to consider when you're on your path to financial independence is that the workplace benefits you receive, they are not going to provide for you in retirement. Yeah, the burden is on you as a worker more now than it has been in previous generations. Yeah, man, certainly. Also, too, we want to talk about how financial independence is a little bit different, too, than the growing early retirement movement, which is often abbreviated as FIRE. Again, you'll see a lot of financial bloggers and podcasts out there that are all about FIRE. And you're wondering... Why are these bloggers so obsessed with pyro (laughs) and everything's on fire and it's fire this, fire that? Um, Well, it's because it's financial independence, retire early. And And to me, at least, the sort of mentality behind the early retirement model is that they're going to work crazy hard right now in some whatever in whatever job that they have that pays the highest so they can earn the most sort of ignore their life for a short period of time so they can quit and then do whatever they want right? It's, it's sort of like this completely delayed mentality where you're not really enjoying much life at all right now in order, in order to work the hardest that you possibly can uh, for that sort of big payout at the end. And then, you know, and then you can kind of go on and enjoy life. It's like stockpiling, right? For yeah. the future. Uh, yeah, it's like, like preppers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like doom, doomsday preppers of... But with their money. <laughs> but with their money. Exactly. So yeah, certainly that's not everyone that's in that community. There's right, right. a lot of good folks that Matt and I respect and are friends with that are, that are in this you know, FIRE community. And, but it takes on a lot of different forms. So we want you to know that, that, that some people, you know, it's life optimization to the max. It's get the, the best paying job that you can right now, even if you know, it, it's soul sucking and you hate it. And, and you know, Matt and I would disagree with that. Hopefully on an episode in the near future, we'll kind of talk about our philosophy of work and, and what it means you know, to have meaningful work. We think that's really important. But yeah, the five mindset that we're talking about doesn't involve working at a job that you hate just to get paid more money so that you can quit a couple years earlier. And if you listen to the episode with our wives, that specific question was asked about financial independence. And that was something both of our wives, I thought, stated really well that you know we're all about being financially secure and not having to work for a paycheck um, in the near future, hopefully but not compromising how much we work and the actual work that we're doing. And so so for us, it's important to still work at things that we love, even if they pay less um, than a job that we actually could probably go out there on the open market and get because it, it's the best for our family and the best for the sake of our mind and our hearts, right? As we try to enjoy the work that we do and serve other people in that work. Yeah. It's like, it's a balance between finding 
work that is financially satisfying, but also, yeah, emotionally and mentally satisfying where you feel that you're truly helping somebody. And that's sort of our sort of philosophy towards work in a nutshell is work or your job is a service, right? You get paid because you're doing something to help somebody and you are rewarded by, you know, getting paid. That has a lot to do, like you said, with with our view towards work. And not that we think that you shouldn't retire, but that definitely informs our goals of not necessarily trying to stop working as soon as possible, but to instead find areas that we're more interested maybe in serving others. Yeah. And one more thing, Matt, real quick. Financial independence can be achieved at almost any age, right? It doesn't have to do with the stage of your life like we talked about right. with the dude yeah, in yeah. the rocking chair and the gold watch who's you know got white hair. The financial independence, you know, if you're proactive and if you are a, a diligent saver and investor and you're thoughtful about where your money goes... You know, financial independence can be achieved at a relatively young age, and it doesn't even take working in a job that you hate. And so right. I think, you know, that's something that we want to stress in this episode, and we're going to get to right after the break uh, when we dive a little further into the topic of is financial independence a worthwhile goal for you? Yeah, that's right, man. But first, let's take a break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. 
Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. So back to financial independence. And specifically, we want to answer whether or not we feel that financial independence is a worthwhile goal. And in short, yes, absolutely. And it's because that achieving FI will allow us to not have to work for money, though chances are we still will because of our, our views towards work that we just talked about. But FI will allow us to pursue whatever sort of work we want to, you know, and not be handcuffed to a job just because of the salary or the benefits. Um, It'll allow us to volunteer more or vacation more, you know, like the kind of things that people think of when when you think of financial independence or retiring early. The quote unquote, the fun things, right? (laughs) The good (laughs) life. Like there's a reason too while while we're trying to do this and there's sacrifices we make now so that hopefully there's, you know, maybe a little more on the other side that we can enjoy. Yeah, but of course it is a balance, right? Just like anything in life, you could go hog wild on FI and decide that you want to retire in 2.5 years and have the next 2.5 years of your life be the worst ones, right? Move back home with mom and dad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sell everything. Literally eat ramen and drink water for every meal. Yeah. Right. There's no, a you lo- need vitamins. I got scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not a good not a good plan, right? So it is a balance and you could go crazy and attempt to be financially independent as soon as humanly possible. But what are you sacrificing in the interim? Yeah. And are you sacrificing relationships or meaningful work in the meantime? And we would say that's not a good idea. It's our goal here on Poor Not Poor to live a rich life now and then also uh, to not be poor, right? So we are thinking about the future. That's our mindset. We, we want to save diligently, invest well, uh, to have a robust future for our families where we're not dependent on a job or a boss um, or, or just you know, day-to-day, nine-to-five work. But we also want to live richly now, which includes meaningful work and not wearing ourselves out yeah. for this future promise of, of five right down the exactly. road. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. I mean, specifically, man, what I think of are my girls. Our oldest daughters are the same age. And the, anytime I think of them and I get super sentimental, <laughs> I think about how the next 10 years are going to be the most formative years for them and how they see the world and, and their relationship to money and their relationship to, to us and, and their community and those around them. And what's also interesting to note is that in the next 10 years is also when I could achieve financial independence if I kind of if I buckle down and really went after it and stuff like that. And so I'm so torn. And like you said, there's a balance because that's something that would be amazing to have, right? To have those options, to have that flexibility to, to decide what kind of work I want to do and what kind of hours I have at the end of those 10 years. 
But in those 10 years leading up to that, I don't want to sacrifice so much that I've got a weird relationship with my family or, you know, or to where I don't know them. Like how disappointing would that be? You know, if, if I got to 10 years from now and I'm like, all right, Phi has been achieved. You Let's know? spend a bunch of time together now, everyone. And then everyone's kind of like, well, what do we do? Who are you? Yeah, it's like that promise of, right, the five pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just, uh, it, it's kind of a mirage in some ways because it, if you're losing out on the things that are meaningful to you yes. right now yep. in this stage and you're willing to sacrifice those things at this current point for that future promise, that future promise won't be nearly as meaningful. Yeah, man. You got you to keep that level head. But here's another thing, Matt. Financial independence is actually way easier than people think it is. And that is because of our consumeristic culture, right? And we buy into so many things without even really thinking about it. And if we would just question our spending choices more, question you know the amount that we're actually able to save and invest, then I think financial independence is really achievable for a lot of people out there. Uh, that currently think that it's this pipe dream and it's not possible. And it doesn't require working 70 hour work weeks, right? Nose to the grindstone. But really, it just kind of takes some basic changes to your life. And you can implement those and you can achieve financial independence You know, before you are gold watch, rocking chair, white hair age, right? <laughs> you really can do it. And, that, and so we believe that as well. Uh, to our cores that this is that you can make changes in your life that help you get to this place where you're financially free and you don't have to work for a paycheck every day and you can do that you know before you're getting a hip surgery right (laughs) (laughs) we keep talking about like this old man on the on the rocking porch and we're talking about movies so who would you who would you get to play like the old retiree on the front porch Morgan Freeman, probably. Okay, I was going to say Clint Eastwood, which oh, is basically the white good. version of Morgan Freeman <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> Everyone should go watch Unforgiven, a movie that they were both in. <laughs> One of the best Westerns of all time. I've never seen that. Oh, it's really good. Uh, it's really good. I know that they've been they've been in movies together like as of lately. Uh, but anyway, that one was probably like 10 years ago. But that was super solid. I mean, 10 years ago was recently in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? With you. Yeah. And sort of going back to what you're saying and how it doesn't mean working 70 hours. It doesn't mean notes to the grindstone. It doesn't mean more of stuff. What it actually means and the easiest way to achieve it is less. It's less. Specifically, it means less spending. There's so much that we do and there's so many little changes that we can make in our lives and in regards to the, specifically the things that take up the most money, which are the first of all, housing. Uh, find ways that you can cut back in your spending uh, specifically in regards to housing. Uh, live in a smaller or maybe a, a cheaper house, right? Second thing that we spend the most money on is transportation. You've got to drive a used car. <laughs> I think about the book, The Millionaire Next Door. And one of the consistent things that they found with almost all of the millionaires that they interviewed were that they just drove normal cars. They didn't drive you know, the Maseratis or the Bugattis, whatever, all the fancy cars out there. It wasn't happening. Ford Explorers, I think, were like on the top of the list of these cars that just these old used vehicles that can kind of do anything. We would personally recommend like a Toyota Corolla or <laughs> a dependable Honda, but buy used. Uh, and then find other ways that you can cut your spending. You know, it, you could increase the amount you earn, and certainly that's a way to be able to save more. But that doesn't do much for you if you're also increasing how much you're spending every day and you're increasing your lifestyle. That raise, that bonus, that's not going to get you anywhere if you're also putting that towards a little lifestyle increase. Yeah. So really with these bigger things, you're kind of acting like a salmon swimming upstream. Because if you look at the the recent history of you know housing sizes, since the 1970s, the average size of the house in America has more than doubled. Yeah. And so the average person around you is buying, let's say like a 3,200 square foot house, right? But if you will make that one decision 
uh, to have a smaller house, right? To live in 1,400 square feet as opposed to that 3,200 square foot house. You're going to save money every month, right? In, on your mortgage payment, most likely. You're going to save on heating and cooling bills. Utilities, that's yeah. right. There's just... there's Furniture costs. You ain't got to outfit that entire mansion where you don't even spend time in any of those rooms. Completely, or yeah. some of them. And that's know. a thing, right? Yeah. The, you, and, and there's rooms that you have to clean that you never set foot in <laughs> just because dust accumulates, right? So you, it really is more deliberate living and not taking the route that is most traveled but choosing to live deliberately and taking that route that uh, that most people don't go. And so smaller housing, driving an old car, you know, slashing your monthly expenses, that's another way you can do it. And we did an episode about cutting your monthly bills. Go listen that's to right. that one if you haven't listened to it yet. That should be kind of an inspiration to get started. Um, or yeah, those are the little small things that you can do starting tonight. I mean, there's subscriptions that you can cancel and really start taking action yourself. Yeah, and another change you need to make if you want to get on the bandwagon towards financial independence in your life is start investing in retirement accounts and or real estate, right? And a third option, also starting your own business, right? So those are the three main avenues that people take towards financial independence. So it is cutting back, right? Housing, cars, monthly bills, cutting back in all those areas. But then putting that money to work for you as opposed to paying those monthly bills, that higher monthly mortgage payment, paying yourself putting it in investments or towards you know, starting a business that you're going to be able to back away from at some point and will kind of help run itself. Th- those are the kind of options that you have when you have a, a smaller outgoing amount every month. Uh, and that's really the path towards FI. You didn't mention uh, inheritances or like marrying rich. What about, aren't those like popular uh, ways that you can... <laughs> <laughs> they are, yeah. No, I mean, you totally can do that. Um, you can, you know, off a parent uh, <laughs> that has a great life insurance policy. Yeah, we just talked about the life insurance policy. Yeah. So like, uh, yeah, husbands or wives out there who are working, watch out. Yeah, but yeah, th- I mean, for real, that's what people think though, that, hey, man, an inheritance, that's going to set me up for for retirement or um, that people bank on the future and they don't bank on themselves making these choices in their own life. And I will say too, Matt, I think it's really important to note that when we talk about swimming upstream, right, this is like a financial commitment, right? To swim upstream and be different and allocate your finances differently. But the fringe benefits that actually are more than fringe benefits, uh, this affects your entire life in a positive way by living more deliberately, by cutting out, you know, unnecessary spending, living in smaller spaces, driving older cars, uh, the concept of what, what we've discussed as enough, right? Mm-hmm. Having enough in your life and not yearning, you know, for the next uh, pair of jeans or new pair of shoes or newest smartphone. Like there's something that happens to you as a person when you become content and you are happy with the amount that you have. Like that is priceless. That's even more important in my opinion than the money that you're building up and having a half million dollars in your Vanguard IRA or whatever it is. To me, that's the heart of FI. Yeah, dude. It's working that muscle. This is something we've talked about before where sort of saying no to yourself and, and resisting the, the urges, resisting the commercialism and the consumerism that's sort of uh, force-fed to us. It's a muscle. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. No doubt, Matt. And so a lot of people that are FI-minded, right? They have kind of a number in mind. Like, hey, when I hit this number in my retirement account, when I hit this many, you know, 
houses in my real estate portfolio that provide this much passive income, that's when I've kind of hit my FI number and I can quit my day job. I'm ready to go, right? And I think that is a useful tool, right? And the easiest way to do that, hey, how much do I spend annually? You know, what's my outgoing? You know, let's say it's $40,000 a year. That's your outgoing. Your FI number would be a million dollars. So a million dollars in assets, uh, let's say in a retirement account, because you know, with the 4% withdrawal rule, you're going to be taking 4% of that amount, which is $40,000 every year. And you should hopefully never run out of money. That was a super simple explanation. But I want to say that Matt and I don't have a fine number. Like I haven't sat down to calculate what my fine number is. We both have a strong financial independence mindset that this is, you know, definitely a goal of ours. And like we said, we think it's easier to achieve uh, than a lot of people say. And for us, it is more about, you know, cutting consumerism out of our lives, living intentionally. And so that fine number, it's just not, you know, registering on my radar that I got to figure out what my fine number is. And, um, also because you know what I enjoy all the work that I do and I know that that can change right things Certainly, can change yeah, yeah. bosses can change and that's another reason I think that FI is important um, because what you love to do today can change tomorrow but because I'm choosing meaningful work and, and I've got options at this point because of the way that I've saved and the investments that I've made um, I don't really kind of feel the need to, to come carve out a FI number that I'm working towards and so, yeah, I think it could be helpful for you. And having that meaningful goal maybe will help you, you know, kind of attack those that saving and investing to to get there quicker. Um, but but for us, yeah, it's not something that we think is crucial for us reaching that end goal. You talked about the the twenty five times your your expenses thing there, but that's a good rule of thumb. If you don't say you're, if you're driving right now <laughs> or exercising and you don't have like easy access to a calculator, just think twenty five times your annual expenses. Typically, that's a really conservative estimate as to how much you need to have set aside in your assets to draw on in order to live financially independent and independent of work that you have to pursue. Again, that changes and it depends on the market and depends on a lot of things uh, that assumes that your expenses typically stay the same. And a lot of people will say that a lot of times they go down because your life changes. But yeah, in general, 25 times your annual expenses, that's how much you do want to have set aside. If you are trying to figure out what, what that number is to sort of set a goal to kind of put a number out there, that's the number you want to keep in mind. Yeah, Matt. And right, the, the lower you're able to get your spending, right, the, the lower your fine number can be. That's right. Which is super cool. So that gives you really this strong motivation to slash spending, right? To drive a used car, to live in a smaller space, whatever it takes, you know, cut your spending. And there are a lot of episodes of our show that we kind of help you tackle those individual problems. This yeah. is kind of a bigger picture. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, mindset shift to thinking about uh, the not this eventual retirement when you're 65 or 70, but seeing that financial independence is at reach, you know, much sooner if you would make some small changes yeah. now. Well, I mean, that's like, that's all we talk about. <laughs> it's, it's either, it's either somehow to either make more money or to save money or, or, or to invest. And those three ways are the essence of financial independence. Like there's no shortcut, right? There's no sort of magic pill that you can take to achieve financial independence. It takes doing one of those three things and hopefully anybody that's listening isn't getting discouraged because it seems like that what we're saying is hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's because it is. There's, there's no sort of shortcut. It takes doing those three things, either earning more, cutting your expenses, and investing. And honestly, it doesn't take one of those things. It takes all three of those things. Yep. Yeah, it takes the combo, right? And Matt, you wanted to share a tool that you've used to help crunch the numbers. But first, let's take a quick break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. 
So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. 
Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. And another sort of helpful tool that uh, I have found incredibly helpful as well, because I'm with you, man. I've got meaningful work. I love it. I'm not, I don't have a number sort of like written on like my cork board where I'm trying to achieve this number by a certain date or anything like that. But I do like looking at numbers and f- because for me, seeing, I don't know, hard numbers for me just kind of clicks. <laughs> and you um, know, we've, we've talked about this on the show. I'm more of a gut guy. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll know it when I get there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But a, a tool that I have found is this amazing calculator that we'll link to in our show notes. Um, and it crunches the number for you. But all you need to know is how much you make, how much you spend, and then it'll tell you how long it'll be before you achieve five. Because if you know how much you make and how much you spend, and if you're investing the rest, like that's the default, right? You either you earn a bunch and off of that you live and then what you don't live off of, you should be investing. Yeah. And it also takes into account like your current portfolio size and you can adjust that depending on what you've got going on. But if you're starting from scratch, you know, those three things are all you need to know. It'll help sort of shift your paradigm and the way you look at money, which is what it did for me. And so, yeah, man, I wanted to, I actually ran a quick example and uh, a lot of folks will say that 60,000 is sort of the average or maybe median uh, American household income, but $60,000, if you are, have living expenses of 54,000, which 54,500, which is a lot of people, which means you're setting aside maybe in your Roth, like the $5,500 max. That kind of sounds like a lot, right? 5,500, I'm maxing out my Roth IRA. Yeah, yeah. Traditional uh, you know, retirement experts would say, you're a great saver. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Ten, Good that, job. Well, that's, that's a 10% savings rate. Yeah. Like that's pretty huge. Pat yourself on the back. Exactly. So let's just say though that you just got your job so you don't have anything in savings yet. Like you don't have a por- portfolio built up yet. It'll be 50 years before you're financially independent. That's tough to stomach, man. Dude, 50 years. So you know, if you are straight out of college and you're 22, 23 years old, yeah, that's 73 years old. I mean, I'm, I'm not striving for early retirement, but you hear 73 and that just sounds so far away. Yeah, and that sounds scary, especially, you know, yes, when yeah. when uh, your options are really limited. To me, too, this is and we talked about, you know, the frugality gives you options. That's kind of a, a part and parcel of this financial independence movement. And what we're talking about today is, you know, cutting back and being frugal and living, you know, developing a frugal mindset and then you know, living that out and where your money goes every month. Like that gives you so many options. And, you know, working towards financial independence through a mindset of frugality gives back, you yeah. even more options, right? More options are open to you. But if you're even, you know, what a lot of financial experts would say is a good saver, saving 10%, 10% of what you make. You you hear that growing up, you hear, Oh, if you set aside 10%, you're doing great. Keep it up. You'll, you'll, you'll do well. And we would say like, that's, that's not a great goal. You know, we had someone, uh, a listener write in recently and said, you know, was asking about which retirement account they should be funneling their money towards. And they said, ah, well, if I did two, that might be overkill. Right. She asked some great questions and we actually want to address that question on the show soon. But ultimately, yeah, that last line, I, I you know, short I, answer. <laughs> what she said, if, if I started contributing to both, that'd be overkill, right? And I want to say, no, no, yeah. not overkill at all. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah, the 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 more that you reduce expenses and you can start contributing to these, you know, retirement accounts or real estate or uh, a, a business that is going to set you up for financial independence in the future. Don't spend it, <laughs> right? Like that's the easy thing is to say, oh, I'd be overkill if I contribute to two retirement accounts. So I'm going to spend the rest and just you know max out one or just just right. do good at saving in my Roth IRA and and that'll be good enough. Well, sure, that'll get you retired by the age of 73. Uh, which and if is, that's good which enough, is average, for you, right? You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that's what the average American is doing. And we're here to say that like you don't want to be average. 
I think this might be tough to hear us say because it sounds like maybe we're talking out of both sides of our mouth. On one side, we're saying, oh, don't go so crazy, crazy financial early retirement extreme that you're not living the life now. But at the same time, we're also saying, well, you don't want to wait until you're 70 something years old before you retire. There's a balance. And that's what's so hard to find. And that's why you know money is so personal. It's personal finance. It comes down so much to your preferences, I think, and, and what it is that you have set for goals. We, we didn't talk about this early on, but I think a good starting point is we, we did an episode called The Why Behind Money. And for me, and the way I think, you got to start there. You have to decide what it is that you want to achieve. What are your goals? What do you want to strive after? And that informs everything else you do. If you know why you're doing something, then the rest are just details. You can figure that out. You can Google, you can listen to podcasts, you can read articles. But if you don't have that motivation and you don't know why you're doing something, well, then you're just kind of going along with the flow. You know, you're, you're that same and just getting swept down downstream with the current of with consumerism and just what everybody else is doing around you. So yeah, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, man, go back and listen to that one right after this one wraps up. Episode 12, The Why Behind Money. For me, that was, you know, that's, that's kind of the starting point and that informs everything else that you do. Yeah. So if you're looking for more on the specifics that we talked about, like the biggest uh, changes that you can make in your life now uh, to achieve financial independence more quickly. You know, go back down through our history of podcast episodes, and yeah. you'll you'll yeah. see <laughs> some great stuff there to kind of help you implement these these changes. But today, we just kind of wanted to talk about you know the idea behind financial independence, it, help you understand how achievable it is, and how it's achievable with really small changes. And it doesn't even take living an unbalanced life, right? Which I think. Some people in that Phi community can kind of veer off into that lane. Yeah, they might have more extreme personalities as well, you know? Like yeah, just <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, if you're going to buy into this, sometimes you do Let's have that. do this, you right. know? Like the, yeah, they're going all in and they say, you know, if I live this cheap of a life, I'm retired now. Like I'm financially independent. If I live in my van... <laughs> exactly. There's <laughs> which, a lot of that. Which some people do. It's just a, it's just a, a subset of, of Phi, but that's not what we're, that's not what we're after. Completely. Yeah. So we want to help you to understand that it's achievable and it's achievable sooner than you think. And money's involved in this, right? <laughs> money's a huge part of this, but also uh, kicking consumerism to the curb and approaching your life differently uh, can actually provide tangible benefits that in addition to just that, that savings and investing that you'll accrue over time, it, it will provide options in your life. But changing the way that you approach money overall and thinking with more of a FI mindset will help you live kind of a more deliberate life, which I think ultimately leads to a lot more happiness. Yeah, dude, I'd, I'd have to agree. All right, Matt, back to the beer. Wind in the Willows, American Wild Ale with apricots. Yeah, and this is something you said kind of off mic a second ago, was that the label of this looks like the color of the beer because it kind of has that fade, like that gradient you mentioned. Yeah. Dude, I totally I totally get that. I, I missed it. I'm insightful sometimes, aren't I? You are. I love it, <laughs> But we have thoroughly enjoyed this beer. This is very delicious. It's very acidic and aggressive. Yeah, so thanks to Mike from Minnesota for sending those beers our way and the Wind in the Willows. Dude, it's gorgeous. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, let us know next time you're down in Atlanta. We'll have to meet up and uh, hang out at one of our favorite breweries. Yeah, we'll treat you to a beer. All right, Matt, kind of in summation, the financial independence we think is a fantastic goal for you to have. And it's so antithetical to that kind of traditional retirement mindset where you work for 50 years and then you enjoy, you know, the, the fruit of your labor for, you know, the next decade until you pass away and you're really too old. Aww. Yeah, I know. Right. It's terrible. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of been the traditional retirement mindset. And I think 
what we're trying to infuse and we want to encourage is to think with a FI mindset. Yep. And that isn't just the idea of socking away as much money as you can right now so that you can eventually quit your job and stick it to the man, right? No, it is living a balanced life now. But we think a balanced life is kicking consumerism to the curb, living more intentionally. And we think if you do that and cut back in some of those major areas that we talked about and don't listen to what the retirement experts say about saving 10% of your income, you can do way better than yeah, that. Do more. And you can get to a place of financial independence you know, way sooner than you really thought you could. All right, man. Final thoughts then on what to do next. You know, we are, are talking about financial independence, which is this very sort of big, broad topic. And it may not feel like that there are some hard, tangible things to do. I think the first thing that you need to do is go to our show notes, check out that retirement calculator that we have posted there. For me, the first time I entered our family's numbers in there and to see what our sort of average American lifestyle was doing for us, that was a huge eye opener. And from there, I think a lot of times that's the, the kind of kick in the pants that you need to sort of open your eyes and to take the next steps and to start making those changes in your life. Check that out. Yeah, sometimes you have to kind of eyes wide open, see the actual clear picture of yeah. where you're at. And that can be the motivating factor oh, to make huge. a change. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of the same thing with budgets, right? Like to see what you're actually spending and, you'd be, and you're shocked. You're like, oh my gosh, I had no clue that's how much we were spending. It's the same thing with this. It's like, oh, I had no clue that it was going to be 45 years before we had a chance to potentially retire. Um, so do that. And then the next thing is just to know that everything we talk about on this show is pointing you in the direction of financial independence. We're either talking about increasing your income, right? Side hustles, ways to make additional money here or there. Or we're either talking about ways to cut your expenses. We're talking a lot about that. Ways to you know cut your monthly bills, ways to, to live on less. And uh, like Joel said, have that mentality of living on less and being satisfied with what you have. And then thirdly, we're talking about what to do with that additional money. We're talking about investing it. And those three things are sort of the keys to financial independence and managing your money well and, and being in charge of your life. Yeah. And so those are the three things that you need to do. And just know that these are all things that we're all doing. Like we're all kind of working on this together. Uh, there's no sort of, there's no shortcut <laughs> and just be encouraged that we're, we're all kind of in this together. And hopefully through this podcast and the website and just our, our online presence, we can encourage each other and just kind of know that you can do it. I know that there are a lot of people, you know, in our Facebook group, that are all in on that bandwagon already, you know, and that's awesome. And then there are other people in our Facebook group that you know kind of more like beginners when it comes to money. And so maybe they've never even heard the term. Yeah. yeah. So where where are you at? What did this episode do for you? And what does financial independence mean to you? Is it something that you strive for? And what do you think about you know financial independence kind of being that goal for you for you know ultimate financial security, but then also kind of for an intelligent and well designed way to kind of live life now. Yeah. So uh, leave a comment on our Facebook group on this post. And we'd love to hear kind of what financial independence means to you and how you're striking that balance of saving for the future, but living a meaningful life right now in the present as well. That's right, man. I love that. That's, that's what we're all about, that, that balance. So as always, thank you to all of our listeners out there. Our home on the web is howtomoney.com. We'll have our show notes up there for you, including that awesome early retirement calculator. Yeah. And if you like what you hear, let us know. Uh, if you find this podcast helpful, leave a review. Every time you leave a review, an angel gets its wings. It's true. <laughs> That's what I heard. And I believe it. So so many movie references this, this episode, man. I love it. <laughs> I know. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. And be sure to also subscribe wherever you're finding this podcast. It helps us out and helps get the word out to other like-minded folks that want to find a community of people that care about stuff like Fi. That's right, man. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out.
for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 